We hear comments about LaMelo Ball from former Charlotte Hornet Montrez Harrell in an unusual way. We'll talk about that today on the Lockdown Hornets podcast and also provide you an update on Miles Bridges. All today, a part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your podcasts. That includes YouTube, by the way. You can also follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail at Doug Branson, LOH, the show handle on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. He's also uh, Doug Branson. You can catch more of his work on his Substack, Every Hornets Box Score, at everyhornetsboxscore.com. We should be releasing an episode this week. That's kind of in the plan, right? That is in the plans. We okay. uh, haven't released one in a while. Took a little bit of a short hiatus, but we're going to be back this week. But you are writing stuff and putting it up on the Substack, so everybody. Yeah, does. yeah, you know, pre- it's free right now. You know, the preseason's coming up. I'm going to be doing uh, write-ups. You get to uh, look into my notebook uh, every night on these box scores that uh, will be the present box scores, the ones that are going to be happening this season. Uh, that's going to be free through the preseason, so check it out, everyhornetsboxscore.com. Former Hornets color analyst Jerry V used to call them scribbles, and so I want to go into Doug Scribbles <laughs> on everyhornetsboxscore.com and check those out. I'm shooting a little bit from the hip today, Doug, because I just got in from what was brutal traffic. It took me an hour to get a place that should take me five minutes because of wow. how badly traffic was backed up. So I had to hop on the mic immediately coming from WFNZ. Shouts to them, the midday show, 10 to 2, wow. going to be on there tomorrow. It's all There's about my you, plug. Uh, just dropping that little, you know, WFNZ, we get it. You're a big radio star. You just got to drop that in there. I, I don't know if I'm a star, but they well, are why, putting why me even, on Why the even with the pretense about the traffic? Just say, hey, I'm, I'm coming in from WFNZ. Don't worry about it. Why You seem to – Yeah, I, I feel like you just wanted to seem a little modest there, so you threw in a, a bit about, oh, I'm a regular guy. I get stuck in traffic. Oh, but I just came from the radio. Doug, even radio stars can get stuck in traffic. <laughs> and I just want everybody to know that I'm just like a regular human being. I'm not any star. I'm just like you guys are. So I'm shooting a little bit from the hip in that I have not seen this video. But apparently, I, I saw a little portion of the video as I was trying to scramble and prepare. But Doug had in the rundown that Montrez Harrell spoke about LaMelo Ball. Oh, okay, that's great. And then... I continue to read, and the way we got this content was because of his arrest back this summer in Kentucky when he got mm-hmm. busted for having quite a bit of weed in his car. Apparently, the police officers started chatting him up about the NBA, which is just hilarious to me. Like, I've actually been in the car with a former NFL player when I got pulled over for speeding one time, and I'm telling you, I think I would have got a ticket had it not been the former NFL player riding shotgun able to talk about some of this NFL stuff. Like, so I'm glad about that. It didn't really save Montrez in this situation, but the police officer did want some NBA takes. Let's get to Montrez comments on LaMelo ball as seen via yes, the body cam at the time of this pullover. So here's Montrez Harrell saying, um, quote, he's a cool person. I mean, regular kid at the end of the day, people got to understand he's a kid. They see the money he makes You know what I'm saying? He never really was like in a full-out structural program, end quote. That's what he had to say about LaMelo Ball. Doug, what did you make of the comments about LaMelo coming from Montrez, speaking about the star here in Charlotte? 
unusually candid comments. Uh, I, I would love to get yes. more candid comments from players in interviews. Uh, but, you know, I don't love the circumstances by which uh, the, the, it all these feels candid very comments weird. are revealed. Yeah, it feels that we, we are going if there's content, it doesn't matter how we got it. Apparently, we are still going to talk about what Montrez said about LaMelo Ball. But that's the first thing that he you know, he comes in Montrez comes in uh, more than halfway through the season. So gets a little bit of a look at LaMelo it wasn't there the entire season and, and certainly hasn't been around LaMelo very closely throughout his career. So you have to take this with a little bit of a, a grain of salt, but also Montrez uh, has uh, been around the NBA. Uh, he's a veteran. He knows what the deal is. And, and we're getting some candid comments about LaMelo. These aren't, he's not insulting LaMelo, but he's just being real and saying, look, LaMelo Ball is a young player in this league, still trying to figure it out uh, in, in terms of, because I mean, you think about it, he wasn't in a big time college program, wasn't in a college program at all, played overseas. And so, you know, he, I, I think we all, this is a great reminder that we all have to be a little bit patient with a mellow ball as we, as we witness that his just superior talent on the floor is taking him to heights early in his career uh, that uh, probably he knew were possible, but I don't think a lot of people predicted that he would, you know, be an all-star this quickly. Uh, but he is still a kid. He is still trying to figure it out. And he's got challenges ahead as he adjusts to life in, in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I think Montrez talking about LaMelo this way goes to show that maybe the NBA players alongside LaMelo, their opinions aren't necessarily all that different than ours. <laughs> like even just somebody that isn't right. crazy used to LaMelo, you know, coming in, playing half the season, developing what was an excellent chemistry. And I remember asking Montrez Harrell during some media availability about his chemistry he developed with LaMelo because it was clear as day watching those two guys on the floor. Trez is an awesome pick-and-roll big man. LaMelo was really able to utilize that skill set being that type of player where it's not like you're going to be running the same stuff with Mason Plumley. You're not going to be doing the same types of things with any of the other players on this roster. Montrez Harrell had the wingspan, the athleticism, the nasty, the role. Like, that was all awesome to see. And yet, even with that special chemistry they had on this one specific play where it was awesome to see that work so well, it's like, yeah, dude, he's just a kid. Like, he's just, people may judge him for making all this money. People may kind of side-eye him because he's driving the Lamborghini in the city. But I think most Neon measured green takes, suit, you know. Yeah, I love, which, I mean, I love it. I, I not a Supreme I confidence. I love it, too. I want it. I want the neon green suit. I want him looking like there are two kids under that trench pull it coat. Off. I, no, no, I want him to do it. I know I couldn't oh, okay. pull it off. I would try, though. I would try. Get Yeah, look, you pay for that suit. I'll wear it, and then we'll see if I can pull it off. And that I'll could just, be, yeah. All right, yeah, so 3,000, 3, that's it. Well, 3,000, you have to wear a neon green suit. 3,000 YouTube subscribers. And uh, probably more than three thousand dollars. If you have that, you can send that way. Well, not that, um, not that way. exact suit. I'm sure we can. No, figure it's the same one. Out. No, I don't want to do. Of course, I'm not going to look good in anything else than the designer neon yellow suit. That's what I got to wear if we're going to do this right, Doug. No, I'm not, paying three, I'm not paying three thousand dollars <laughs> okay. for the suit. No, that's not going to happen. Uh, okay. But going going back to what you were saying, though, I mean, I I feel like that this this was a candid comment this was a real comment and it, i think it speaks to the the challenge for lamel this the particular challenge for lamelo ball in this upcoming season because uh the, the, he's got a new coach 
a new coach is going to, going to want to establish some different things. And what was the one word we we heard floating around Steve Clifford's hire uh, and James Brago's firing? And that word was accountability. How will LaMelo Ball react uh, to some of that ac- accountability being established in training camp and preseason and on into the regular season? How will he adjust to this new coach's vision? That's going to be a huge challenge. How does he follow up his performance uh, in year two and and go back to the All-Star game? It's one thing to make an All-Star game. It's another thing when the NBA starts to figure you out a little bit. Can LaMelo Ball be figured out? That's still a question that's up in the air at this point, and year three is going to go a long way to give us uh, the the answer to that, and you you pile on top of that the fact that he's probably going to have to shoulder even more responsibility in the, uh, particularly on the offensive end of the floor with the absence with with seemingly uh, this absence of Miles Bridges going to extend into the regular season. Yeah, depending on if they trade Gordon Hayward and or Terry Rozier, might have to grow up even a little bit faster to be the leader of this team where you're not going to have a whole lot of veterans, especially if those guys find themselves outside the roster. We have an update on Miles Bridges as this thing continues to drag out. We'll give you some of that info in the next segment. Do you know how much your subscription really costs you? Most Americans think they spend around $80 a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to 200 plus. That's right. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions you don't even know about. Rocket Money Podcast Talking Points. There's this app I love using that takes. Am I reading the actual script here? <laughs> we're going to roll through it, baby. I just This is a part of the script, and we're shooting from the hip. There's this app that I love, a part of Rocket Podcast, and it's the actual Rocket Money app. It's formerly known as Truebill. I'm so sorry. Please still stay uh, on with us here on Locked On. The app shows you all your subscriptions in one place, and it cancels what you don't want for you. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. You may even find out you've been double-charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. It's really simple. Cancel unnecessary subscriptions with Rocket Money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash locked on. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. Hundreds. That's rocketmoney.com slash locked on. We'll try to be better coming up next. Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. And just that I showed any kind of vulnerability, well, you, yeah, you I just, think not is just going to jump You are the over. gazelle limping <laughs> through the African <laughs> safari. I'm in the mud. Yeah. I'm, in, I'm in some sticky yeah, mud. You are the hippo stuck in the mud. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm about to just get destroyed by Nas. Or by Nas. <laughs> by Nas. By Nas. <laughs> He's going to come out with me a rap battle. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Doug, unfortunately, we did get a Miles Bridges update over, I believe it was Friday was the time we got the update. But what took place is that we had another continuance. A spokesman for the L.A. County District Attorney's Office told the Charlotte Observer that Miles Bridges' court date has been moved to September 29th. That's 10 days from now as we're recording this podcast. This is the third delay in the case so far. We thought we might get some information. There was a possibility of that, but instead we got another continuance and it only proved something we've been talking about quite a bit. The only thing we really can mention at this point is that this Miles Bridges case is going to drag out and now the possibility of it dragging all the way into the beginning parts of the regular season is not only possible, but highly likely. Well, now it's impossible for this not to be a distraction 
as the Charlotte Hornets uh, prepare to meet with the media, which is going to happen at the beginning of next week, uh, and then get uh, prepared in training camp uh, to to take on uh, this preseason and then the beginning of the regular season. So now um, it is it is going to be a subject uh, that that people will ask about, and and I think uh, we got a preview from Steve Clifford in his conversation with Rod Boone of the Charlotte Observer about how players and coaches and if any executives are around. Uh, how they're going to react to this on media day. They aren't going to say anything. I would not expect any reactions on media day or otherwise uh, that are substantial whatsoever about this. They're going to hide behind uh, the legal process as probably they're being mandated to either by the team or by the NBA um, at this point. Uh, so we're not going to get much information unless that information comes out on September 29th, right nearly on the eve of the Hornets getting started with their preseason. What I really hope is that we don't get any animosity towards the media from any of the players or Steve Clifford, anybody getting asked these questions about Miles Bridges, because we do have to ask. We do want to know exactly what it is that you guys, whoever the players are, what you think about this situation, because you're a part of a team that has a player that was supposed to be a foundational pillar of this franchise going forward, and now he's not on the roster right now because of this felony domestic violence charge that he caught this summer. Like... I, I want to know what Steve Clifford's thoughts are. And he can say no comment. And that's, I even, I understand it. I'm not going to be mad at him for saying it. I'm not going to have any kind of hostility towards him. Want to be unprofessional, of course. But I'm not even going to walk away thinking, man, I don't think Steve Clifford handled that correctly. I'm not going to think that at all. I'm just a little worried that you're going to have multiple questions come in even after the initial, hey guys, can't really answer anything on Miles Bridges. And then media decides to word it a little bit differently to see, hey, well, what does it mean to have him off of the court what does it mean that he's not going to play anymore and they're like look man i don't want to say anything about miles i just hope that all of that process is actually handled well by both parties by media who does the right thing after a few questions here and there or whatever as well as the people being asked this whether it be steve clifford whether it be Lamelo ball whether it be gordon hayward whoever is up there on the podium i just hope that process there's not any any more problems than needs to be well, this is not going to stop on media day. This won't stop in the preseason. Right. This won't stop in the regular season. This, this is going guaranteed. to be when they're most however, susceptible to those questions, though, probably. Right. Yeah. But however this, Walker, however this resolves itself, uh, th this is this, uh, the, the idea of that this either happened or didn't happen, Miles Bridges, the implications of all of that is going to hang over this entire season. Okay. And eventually, uh, they they will have to. I guess they won't have to, but they. But I think eventually it, it will become absurd for them not to have some kind of response uh, to what's happened because Miles Bridges was not a Exhibit Ten trading camp player. Uh, was not a fringe player. This is a player, and I don't mean that. To I, I'm not saying that in terms of like. Oh well, you know he was a great basketball player, so that that means something to this whole. No, what I'm saying is, he was a huge part of this franchise, a and so I think at some point, not only a huge part of this franchise, but very close with some of the bigger stars on this team. He was very close with Lamelo Ball, uh, and so I think at some point they have to say something, uh, and I'm I'm very curious. As this uh, goes on, what they will have to say about this. To your point about somebody being on an E10 contract, it it's the reason to bring it up is because at that talent level, the team could just cut you and 
wash their hands of any of the nonsense going on. But with Miles Bridges, that type of talent level that he possesses, just based off of history, and when you look at what teams do in these situations where guys do have these felony charges, it allows you to get away with more, or at least, I don't even know about saying get the benefit of the doubt, but they're not going to cut you immediately. They're going to do everything they can to make sure that they're making the right decision. If you are on this unguaranteed or non-guaranteed contract, then they're going to cut you because it's not that big of a deal. So here they had him in place as a part of the future to be a big part of what this team could possibly do to get into the playoffs. And now he's not here. And so they have to deal with this. And they've released a couple statements. They've been non-statement statements, if you will. Um, I don't know what they're going to do whenever they make this decision, whether to keep him, whether to let him go, however the legal process plays out. But I, I do expect something from them, and hopefully it's a little bit more detailed, at least a little forthright with what they're feeling than just saying, hey, legal process played out. We made this decision because of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's one of the more curious things that that, uh, that I have is is the what went into the process of holding on to that qualifying offer. Um, w- was it just – a matter of we don't know the detail. We don't know all the details. Although uh, we in a now now deleted Instagram post by uh, the 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 victim in this case. I mean, we we got some pretty there were some pretty stark details that that I think had to have been made available to them. Or if if it wasn't made available to them, they could have seen it. Um, and so you know what what kind of was that process of of deciding to hold on to the qualifying offer. Uh, I, I don't, again, I don't question. expect to yeah. get that answer on media day. I, I just think that's, that's kind of what, uh, what one of my big questions will be as this process continues. That's the type of question that deserves an answer right now, though. Like you can say, we're going to let the legal process play out, but that's a great question to still ask once they say, hey, no Miles Bridges questions. That's something you can still ask because you can answer that right now. You don't need to see how the legal process plays out. Hey, you did see what took place here. You can say we wanted to make sure that everything was in order and we didn't want to make too many rash decisions. You, you can say something like that, but that's one you need to go ahead and answer. Don't shut it down. Like that's not one you say, hey, we're not going to answer that question. And if they do, then that's when we'll, I'll have a little bit of a problem with it because you can answer that right now, regardless of how informative you're going to be. Yeah, well, I don't, and I don't know if uh, if Mitch Kupchak. It would be interesting to see if Mitch Kupchak makes That's himself right. available at at media day because that that doesn't always happen. Sometimes it's coaches and players only, and the coaches and players have are not going to have anything to say about about what the teams. You know, that that's an executive front office kind of decision right. that was being made there. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I just want to prepare people that you're not going to get a lot of info. I, I don't think is my prediction sure. that you're you're you may not get a, a lot of information. Uh, until uh, there is more details, co- that, that there are more details coming from this court case itself, which again, uh, we, we will get another um, opportunity on the 29th to see what happens. Yeah, it continues. And as we mentioned a million times, this will continue to drag out. All right, something really cool the Charlotte Hornets decided to do right after the passing of longtime Hornets beat writer and one of the best to do it, Rick Bennell. Um, there's actually a scholarship in his honor, and there's some information as to that scholarship that took place. I believe last week it took place, and so Doug has some um, has some thoughts on Rick Bennell and more on what was a friend of this podcast. We'll talk about that coming up next on the Locked On Hornets Pod. This is Locked On Hornets. 
You know, Golden State spent almost a minuscule amount of time with zero of their starters out on the floor. They had at least one out there the entire you just time. Have four Hall of Famers. Yeah, they do. And so <laughs> you just you put just them have, anywhere. You just have one out Stack there. Stack them up. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. In honor of what was our good friend, Rick Bennell, the Charlotte Hornets did something very cool after his passing. As we mentioned, the Hornets, they will award a $10,000 scholarship to North Carolina journalism students in honor, of course, of the longtime Charlotte Observer beat writer, Rick Bennell. And those applications are online at Hornets.com right now. They announced on September 14th that those applications were open and they are taking them on and they will be accepted until October 28th. I think this was such an excellent way to honor Rick. And I think it's because it actually allows us into what was a huge part of his character, helping people that were young in the business find their way. I raised my hand extremely high because Rick Bennell constantly checked in with me every week to see how I was doing based off of my own Hornets coverage, how we were doing with the podcast. It doesn't matter if he's at the beach. He allowed us to use his time so we could have some content from somebody as informed as anybody within the franchise. The fact that he made himself so available that he cared so much to help not only just journalism students, but people that were in media, whether it be radio, whether it be TV, anybody that actually covered the Charlotte Hornets, man, Rick cared about your success as much as anybody outside of my own family. That's true. Like, I, I'm not just saying that. Rick constantly checked in to see how I was doing. It meant the world. We've done a ton of Rick Bennell tributes. I put up, when I was hosting a solo show, a tribute to Rick Bennell to kind of showcase my feelings on that. It, it means a lot. And to see this, it, it stirs some of that stuff up, Doug. But it, it's really cool. I, this, These are the types of things that the Charlotte Hornets franchise gets so, so right. And the fact that they're accepting applications, they announced it once again. It, it's just another example of the Hornets honoring Rick Bennell in a way that he deserves to be so. Yeah, it's actually the uh, the second annual uh, scholarship mm-hmm. that they will award. They're accepting applications until October 28th. So if you know anyone uh, who uh, needs a, a little extra scholarship money who's in college right now that uh, studying journalism, uh, then uh, definitely pass that information along. You can go to Hornets.com to get more on that. Uh, the, the first winner of the scholarship was Noah Monroe, who is a, a, a junior at the University of North Carolina. Shouts, go Heels. Uh, and currently serves as senior sports writer for the Daily uh, Tar Heels. So already finding some success there and some help from this scholarship. So uh, awesome to see. Uh, yeah, Rick, it was really interesting. Like Rick understood if you were serious or not. And if you were serious about covering a sports team, then he not, not only did he offer his respect, he, as you said, offered um, um, his help. And so that's, that's what I took away. And, and honestly, you know, in the, in the year plus, uh, that I, uh, was covering the team very closely and trying to do the, the, the home game beat writer thing. Uh, Rick was extremely helpful. Uh, but also like what, what he did was he showed me like what the grind was and I respected the hell out of it. It, what it ultimately wasn't for me. I, I, I just, 
felt well, like I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's it's such a it's such an extremely difficult thing to do, and Rick did it for thirty three years, and he did it really well. And um, yeah, I I miss him, man. It was it was funny, and he was a wealth of trivia, and he shared his time and his talents for free to this show, and he played games with us. I mean, that's the well, thing, you know. Not not everybody that comes on here gets kind of what we do around here. Could definitely and, clown, yeah. Yeah, and so he did that, and uh, yeah, man, I'm 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 glad that the Hornets are are uh, keeping his memory alive, and we'll certainly do our best to do that on this show. Well, and it, it's why it's why I like this specific part of honoring Rick, Doug, because it, it's I'm not going to say it's easy to do this. Everything is appreciated, I'm sure, but when you walk into the media work area and then you see that collage of rick newspaper headlines some of his articles a picture of them like i'm not saying that's easy by any means it's it's awesome for them to do and it's all deserved but this specific part trying to tap into something that was a part of who rick was to offer their help on behalf of rick through this ten thousand dollar journalism scholarship where they're offering some money to help out any student that might be in need that's exactly what rick would have wanted and when you discuss some of these other personalities, some of these other writers that all went to social media to express just how much Rick helped them. You could go to countless people. You know, Brendan Marks comes to mind, who wrote a beautiful piece, a part of The Athletic, actually a little bit after Rick's passing because of how close they were, hit a little too a little too hard at the time, and so needed some time to try to write what he wanted to. Jonathan Jones put out some of that. Jordan Rodriguez, an NFL writer, part of The Observer, discussed how much Rick helped her so many different people so i hope that wasn't self-serving in the way i was discussing it based off myself i want to illustrate just how much rick helped everyone that was young in the business and how much he cared and how much he offered up his time you didn't have to ask you really did not need to he was always there to check in on you and that matters because you don't want to feel like a burden and rick sidestepped that saying hey you don't need to feel like you're burdening me i am here to offer anything that i can help with and it felt like that touched a lot of people the same way so, he he, cool. he he has been. I mean, he's not the only person, obviously, that's been on the the Hornets beat over over the past thirty plus years. But he is the most significant uh, person that has ever been on this beat. And and I will will say that he really has written the story on this franchise. And, and I know that because as I'm doing this every Hornets box score. I am combing through the archives of the Charlotte Observer looking for interesting nuggets, you know, to put on these games. And so many of them come from the fact that Rick was there night in and night out um, and and observing and and delivering that to people. And uh, yeah, I appreciate that in a very special way. And I didn't mean that as like a self-serving uh, additional plug for every Hornets box score. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just right. saying. We are, got... we're not self-serving here. No, no, yeah, let's kid. No, I'm, um, I'm just saying I'm experiencing that in a, in, a, in a particular way because I am going through these archives to, to do the show. The bibliography is sometimes Scott Fowler, sometimes Tom Sorensen, and everything else is Rick Bennell. That's the bibliography for one every Hornets box score. That's your sauces is Rick Bennell. Anything yeah. pre-2015, it's those guys at the Charlotte Observer. All right, thank you so much for listening to us here on the Locked on Hornets podcast, making us your first listen. Make your second listen, Locked on NBA. By the way, you can go check out what they're doing right now. It actually starts today. Their topic, their discussion about the top 50 most valuable uh, valuable players in the NBA. Where does LaMelo come in? You're going to have to find out as they unfold this top 50 list. 
if you think it's right, wrong. I did a little segment for them, so I don't want to reveal that yet. You got to go check it out on Lockdown NBA. It's your daily 30-minute update on everything taking place within the association. Thanks so much for joining us once again. Have a great rest of your day.